Welcome to the UltaCast, everyone. I realized this week that I was raised by racists. If it wasn't evident before, it is clear to me now that I come from uh, really, really racist people. (laughs) Really? My dad uh, is a Republican, and I still love him, but he has been sending me the most confusing memes this week, the rightest memes. So confusing. I don't even know why. It's just, they're like blatantly racist at this point. I'm like, what are we doing here? And that all has to do with like the NFL stuff. It all has to do with taking a knee. Taking a knee, which it's not about the flag or the troops. It has something to do. Oh, but it doesn't have to do with the flag or the troops. Let me tell you about the one he sent me Uh this morning. Uh, This morning, there's a really, really long one he sent me. Uh, that first, there's pictures of um, uh, guys getting blown up, uh, and all the all the all of our warriors and our fallen heroes. Uh, now, I don't agree with the military, but if you have no other choice in your economic situation, and the government has offered you money, and you're going to make your life better, a, aka you different, you go in the military and you serve the country, and it gives you the educational opportunity that we should give to people, anyways. Absolutely. I mean, even even the military is kind of racist. <laughs> we like true. I mean, we, we yeah. take hey, we made you poor, and now we're like hey, let's make you die. Exactly. Anyway, so or come back with PTSD. Either or, you're you're not gonna come back correct. Right. It's so. Here's my dad sends me pictures of guys with their arms blown off and one armed guys and all this. And he says, and he, this is what he sends to me. And he sends it, and he says, very powerful. This is, I mean, you're going to, we're going to just break this apart. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hate it when my dad sends me these things, but it's so perfect for the AltaCast. <laughs> because I'm like, how did I come from these people? How did I come from these ultra-religious, ultra-Republican people that send me this stuff? Because he thinks I'm his little commie pinko liberal snowflake. And it's true. Oh my God. And people have been trolling my page because of the rightest memes and saying like, oh, how can you think a flag is racist? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I used the wrong language. What the flag symbolizes. Okay. To the NFL and its players. If I have brain cancer, I don't ask my dentist what I should do. If my car has a problem, I don't seek help from a plumber. Why do you think the public cares what a football player thinks about politics? If we want to know about football, then depending on the information we seek, we might consult with you. But even a quarterback doesn't seek advice on playing his position from a defensive tackle. That's false, actually. You get your coach. That's what coaches are for. That's what coaches are for. Uh, And you know what? I do care about what football thinkers football players think about uh, politics because they're in the public eye and they're constantly on stage for all of us in this huge arena and there are thousands of people that they can have influence over and I would like for to have some influence it's have a platform the, it's a platform it's just like you know okay so yeah You seem to have this overinflated view of yourselves, thinking because you enjoy working on such a large-scale stage that somehow your opinion about everything matters. It does! Are you negating these fucking idiots? You're negating any... All the people, of course, all the stars talk about politics too in in because you know, in Hollywood because we watch them, we see them. If they why. have an opinion, we tell it to the people. They don't want these Negroes to talk. Keep uh, going. That's, really that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
The NFL realizes the importance of its quote-unquote image, so it has rules that specify the clothes and the insignia you can wear, the language you can use, and your quote-unquote antics after a touchdown or other great play. But somehow, you and your employer don't seem to care that you disgrace the entire nation and its 320 million people in the eyes of the world by publicly disrespecting this country, its flag, and its anthem. Yes, publicly disgrace this because our president right now is doing that fucking for us. And they better stand up. We better say... Take a knee, man. Take a knee. I don't understand. Why are the Republican right... Why are they taking... Why are they in arms with this? First of all, first of all... It has nothing to do with the fucking flag. Again, the misinformed, the information that it, it has. By the way, no one even has talked about. Well, they some people have talked about the fact of Colin Kaepernick. The reason why he started taking a knee because he talked to an ex Green Beret, and he didn't. At first, he was sitting on the bench, but he talked to the ex Green Beret to find to figure out a nice, more respectful way to right. protest. Sure, sure. From an ex-Marine, or from, from an ex-Green Beret, uh, Beret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, and by the way, back back in 2009, uh, the players, uh, NFL players, were not out on the field during the national anthem. Huh. That was something that the NFL and the um, the National Guard or what have you came up with the idea. The National Guard basically plays the NFL to come out there sure. during the Star Spangled Banner. Right. So, but and that was back in 2009 when the players did not have to even come out. So again, the, 2009 was not that long ago, by right, the way. Right, 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 right. So I mean, the fact that the matter is like. Eight, these fucking eight years ago we know what this is about they don't want negroes to talk right exactly because don't have an opinion just play, uh, just just play the ball. ball just play the ball that's why i think the nfl is nothing but a fucking plantation absolutely anyway. i think that the nfl is 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 racist it is racist uh the tax-paying citizens of this country subsidize your plush work environments, yet you choose to use those venues to openly offend those very citizens. Now, they're supporting what I think. I am completely down. I'm so excited that finally people on a public stage are saying, hey, what we've been doing, the institutionalized racism that still exists in these United States is absolutely real. It's absolutely still happening. And they don't agree with what's happening. And they are saying... This doesn't saying, happen to them. That's why. It's 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 happened to them. That's the issue. There's no there's no empathy anymore. Well, the thing is, this is so. It's crazy to me that I didn't know that my father was such a racist. I didn't know. I mean, when I was growing up, he used to call Hispanic people spicks, uh, and that was like he. It was like his joking thing, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, and I, I don't like under. I don't think any racial slurs are. You know, I don't like I'll call myself a cunt, but I don't like it if I'm walking down the street and someone I mean, I have yeah, like a feminine yeah. cr- cracker doesn't bother me like being white. But First of all, uh, it doesn't matter if you're amongst friends or what have you, if you feel like you're in that comfortable environment amongst friends. But this is a whole this is a whole level. different this level. Is, yeah, it just keeps going. It, 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 it's so crazy to me that we're polarizing <laughs> that this that this polarization exists. Do you even understand what the flag of this country means to so many of its citizens yes. before you choose to take a knee in protest of this country during our national anthem? Yes. 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 Institutionalized racism. Look at the. I mean, we could look at what it in so many rights? ways. What was the civil rights movement 1964. about? 1964. It wasn't that civil- long ago. Yeah. 
what was I mean come on the Civil War I mean come on it wasn't you know that what? long ago How 18 about, the 1850s was not that long ago oh and let, and if if we want to talk about that let's talk about the immigrants of the first the, uh, the next wave in the uh, 1900s or what mm-hmm. have you them coming to Ellis Island yeah that's pretty fucking American too right but they had to deal with their own you know the Italians and the Irish had to deal with their own types of uh, you know what, what would you call that? Uh, the, enclaves, maybe? Uh, yeah. They dealt with their own discrimination. Cultural enclaves? Yeah. Uh, in the 1900s and the 19-teens. So, yeah. These fucking crackers have lost their goddamn They've lost. I, I believe it, too. You may think that because you're paid so much that your job is tough. Fuck but you're you. clueless when it comes to tough. Let me show you whose job is really tough. Then they show you pictures of all of... Um, the, you know what? The war people. You are spoiled babies who stand around and have staff squirt Gatorade in your mouth, sit in front of misting cooling fans when it's warm, and sit on heated benches when it's cold. That's not tough. That's pampered. You think that you deserve to be paid excessively high salaries because you play a dangerous game where you can incur career-ending injuries. Let me show you career-ending injuries. More pictures of soldiers. Uh, you really think that you deserve immediate medical attention and the best medical facilities and doctors when injured? Let me show you what it's like for those who really need and deserve medical attention. Actually, More pictures of soldiers. But actually, that's the thing is that what we, they're taking a knee to say, we don't agree with what the country is doing and we disagree with what's happening to the soldiers. That's the thing. Is, of the, oh my God. The, the people, uh, first of all, your government needs to fix what goes on with these soldiers when they come back. Absolutely. The Walter Reed scandal, that's still kind of a scandal with the, the VA hospitals uh, and what have uh-huh. you. Yeah, it's there like is, s- there's, d- days the and days to wait. The way they treat them is despicable. Yeah, despicable. Has nothing to do with these players, by the way. And also, I mean, by the way, you can't... These players are still black. Yeah, it's it's because they're black. Just, just recently. No, it's because it's because black people are standing up and saying, "Hey, it's the same thing when people go, Black lives matter, all lives matter.' It's like, no, but people need to. They people have been systematically oppressed for so long, and now we're like, we don't, don't, don't say anything. And it's but even in this, it's racist sending it along and saying NFL. It's like you don't want to listen to them because they're black. Because you don't want to hear just how we play. continually... Just throw the ball, nigger. Just throw it's, the fucking ball, nigger. We don't want to hear you All the stuff with the money, that's because people put money into it. For whatever reason, NFL, football, culture has coalesced in our country and it gives people... It's like just, some people like church, some people like football. It gives people an ability to connect in an outside way uh so like hey we both like the chargers now we're friends or what have you i'm not gonna fight you because we're both charger fans or whatever now i hate the chargers because they're in la but so there's all this money in football and there's this huge it is a huge spectacle and it is a huge arena and there's huge things happening and the players should be able to stand in protest of what's happening in our country i mean they i mean but i mean I do think it's ridiculous how much they get paid, but yeah. but also too, just because you're a millionaire, you're still a black man. Right, right. I mean, that doesn't change shit. Just recently, Michael Bennett, who plays for the Seahawks, um, when he was in Las Vegas, he um, there was an incident that happened. They thought he, they, they stopped him, the police stopped him, thought he had a gun and threw him on the ground and put in a gun to him and almost ended his life. The shit was on tape. This man makes millions of dollars. Wow, it just doesn't And they just, but they just assume. They just assume because he's black. Yes. And it's because we're all still super racist. Programmed. It's crazy to me that, yet yeah, we're programmed 
our scary big society. Black right. Why was I why was I so afraid of black people when I was growing up? Because my parents were racist. And you probably weren't around as that. I wasn't and there were no there weren't there were Danville, there were like four black people in the whole city. I think there's more now, but there were four in my in my high school class. You think you have the right to disrespect the flag. This is our veterans fought for limbs, blah, 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 blah. More pictures of soldiers. It's just like they're not even getting it. You believe you're our heroes when in reality you're nothing but overpaid entertainers who exist solely for our enjoyment. Well, your current antics are neither entertaining nor enjoyable, but rather a disgrace to this country. Boo, I think this person's an idiot. I think I that think, I, I think it is the opposite of a disgrace. I am finally excited that they're doing something with this power and this stage that they have. I appreciate them saying it's being patriotic. We, it is being that's, patriotic. That's how it's, much love of country it that is, you have. Exactly. It is. It is. A, it is a free. It's it's free speech without words. It's it's saying with their bodies peaceful. in front of all the people. Yes, peaceful protest. Saying we don't agree with. Nazis! <laughs> we've got... This I mean, we haven't used the word Nazi too much, but it's, it's institutionalized And I don't racism. think these, these white folks realize that racism affects you guys as well. I mean, it, it, it affects economically. It affects socially. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, boy, I tell you. You can... This is the last part of this. And I'm just so angry at the right. Uh, you can protest policies, the current government, or anything else you choose. That is your right. But when you protest our flag and anthem, you are insulting the nation. So you're saying you can protest, but you can't protest the way where everyone can see you? You're insulting the nation we live in and love. And for those who have served it has nothing to do with the military that's the thing is they keep bringing in the military it has, it has nothing, nothing to, do to do with the military this is the- what they did before with the 9-11 thing they said hey if you don't fight terrorism then you're not patriotic if you think that 9-11 was an inside job then you're, you're then you're not patriotic and then you don't support our troops and and it's like you know what if you don't support the war the Iraq war then you're not supporting if the you're troops you're a protester I support the troops that's why I don't want them to fight I don't want people to be blown I up I don't want there to be IEDs dead. on the road I don't want them to lose legs and arms and be injured. That we shouldn't us. fight anyways. That we shouldn't, if, instead of having a war machine, why couldn't we make them a corps of engineers? Why couldn't we educate people in large swaths of, you know, na- our nation and educate them to, I don't know, invest in green technology or <laughs> abolish money because it's just stupid and we should all be caring about one another and not blowing things up for money. Right I, I'm now. just... I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, obviously, this guy, I think this is a Trump supporter, too. They're, yeah. Not all of the people that agree or disagree with this are Trump supporters. Some are some liberals that feel that, you know, this is not the right place or what have you. I'm like, but what is the right place? Like, when the TV cameras were on in Selma in 1965, yeah. was that not the right place? Was the was the Washington mon- the Monument, when Dr. King did a speech of I Had a Dream, was not that, was was that, that right? not the right place? Place. Are we are we still a too soon? Oh, black people having opinions. Oh, it's too soon. The, the, the thing is, just like, people. Is, why do we have to be black or white? Where people is, have opinions. This is this is the new civil rights movement, and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people, and especially in the white community, who have not have not been woke yet, don't yeah. realize that. Like these idiots that write shit like this. That by the way, again, if you would listen to us, it has nothing to do with the flag or disrespect to right. the troops. Absolutely. It's about injustice, and that injustice. Justice is for all of us. Exactly. If 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 one of us is not free, then 
and none equal than are. none of us are. Well, and it's the same thing. Like, if I had a bigger stage, I would constantly talk about ERA and say, women should be paid equal to men. We should be considered equal. We're not. Our president, before he got elected, was talking about grabbing pussy. No one cares about women. That's what I learned from that election is that only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. Uh, so I can't even imagine being a black woman. Well, I mean, you but should you should see after even after the Harvey Weinstein stuff, oh, you know, God, people Harvey brought about Weinstein. you brought back, you know, the Trump video and what have mm. you. But the conservative media didn't want to talk about that, you know, because, you know, women are up for grabs, literally. <laughs> literally. But, I mean, it just, it just goes to show how dumb and misinformed these people are. And I'm glad we at least have this platform to talk about and right. discuss it. But they believe. It's, it's, and I, I feel sorry for those people. I, I, really I, do. I do, too. I, it's so You'll sad ne- to me that this is my dad. Yeah, that, and I know he's like joking. So this was the one that I put on the internet that got so many responses because none of us knew what it meant. So first, there's a picture of both a Confederate flag and um, the United States flag, and I it says on top of the top, one month ago, this flag was the symbol of racism. Today, it's this flag, and it's on our flag. And then it says, it didn't take long for the liberals to reveal their true feelings, did it? And I don't get, I don't get that. I don't get it. I don't get how it's a skating meme. Absolutely. The Confederate flag That's is a treason. symbol. The Confederate flag is a symbol of racism. It is racism. a symbol of Fear. the oppression, of of enslavement of people. Treason. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean. And now they're saying that, and I agree, our American flag now, mass incarceration. Like, you guys don't think we're totally racist that 70% of the arrests, that the whole drug war, the whole war on drugs is completely racially based. And we've been doing this. In the, we talk about in the 70s, the war on drugs, and it was started by Nixon because he was afraid of the Black Panthers. And uh, what happened with this? The, how come you can have a militia if you're white, but if you're the Black Panthers, oh, oh yeah. you can't have that's any guns. Cal- you can't have your Cal- Second Amendment was- rights. Because mm-hmm. Second Amendment rights, oh, those don't go to black people. No exactly. way. Oh, That's how we got our strict gun laws here in California because in 1967, when the Black Panthers went up to the city hall with their guns because they were pro- are using their Second Amendment rights, the uh, California your government said oh hell no niggas mm. got guns nope yeah <laughs> not today not Reagan today. signed that bill for you know and so now we have strict gun laws you know but <laughs> it's so I didn't understand I have to look yeah, this one I up again I don't I don't get it because I'm like it, it makes yeah no the sense. liberals revealing their true feelings we I agree this, that this, we live in a racist regime this racist liberal conservative sexes. thing is just really getting out of control and it's getting quite boring because all these labels that we have it, it, it doesn't make sense I mean it's uh, yeah. calling someone a liberal it's not insulting. No, me. it's not. It's not. I don't think it's Pro- insulting the either. The word progressive, w- progress. Progress, yeah, moving forward. Yes. Uh, and, and having empathy for other people's lives and situations. Again, Republicans are people with money that want to keep their money. Uh, the original word for conservative would be to conserve different forms of money different forms you know not sure. not the not conserve the, our resources well they don't do that you know they don't even absolutely they don't right. even recycle in in ohio more or less government too so now but conservative means something else 
I, I just see racists. Uh, this is this one I don't understand either. This one, first you've got the NFL Players Association. They're all kneeling. And it says, and they're quoting, no man should have to choose a job that forces them to surrender their rights. And then this guy is over here and he says, mind if I join you? And they say, who are you? And he says, a Christian baker. What is I don't get it. Christian what? What? bakers are surrendering their... I'm so confused. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't get it. That's the thing. Is some of these memes, I'm like, I okay. don't understand. What if y'all creating these memes? Y'all need to get an education because they make no. I don't sense. understand a Christian baker. I'm like, and that's the thing. Is I'm pretty intelligent, and I'm not I getting mean, these. Are they talking about the Christian baker that banned gays from buying right. cake? But I don't that know. Has nothing to do. Wait, I don't. I don't get it either. Who are creating this? I, I know they're crazy. My dad like like sends these to me too. Oh, so this God. one is interesting because I agree with what they're saying, but then they're saying it with this right attitude. The NFL gets billions in corporate welfare. Number one, the 20 new NFL stadiums built since 1997 cost ta- taxpayers 4.7 billion dollars. Yep. I agree, that's a problem. That is two, stadium construction is financed with tax-free bonds intended for schools and roads, saving NFL teams an extra four billion. I un- I also say, boo. Three, teams sell luxury seating to corporate clients worth two billion a year, all tax deductible. That's interesting. Super Bowl commercials cost 4.5 million for a 30-second post, all tax deductible. Oh, because they're a nonprofit, I guess. The NFL makes $10 billion in revenue annually, but has paid zero in federal income taxes in 50 years. Now, I think all that stuff's terrible, but why is it? Why is the I don't, I Occupy don't, Democrats? I don't understand what they're getting at. This is the one that made me angry. This is the only one that made me angry. Oh, this, is It says, yeah. there's a picture from the sky of Colin Kaepernick's nice house, and it says, this is the oppression suffered by Colin Kaepernick. And it's like, you motherfuckers. He... Wow. <laughs> He, you can't work hard and still, you know. Okay. I mean, right? This one upsets me okay. a lot. Okay. I know. They're, they're, That's the one just, where I was again, like, just because you have millions does not mean that it's all the end. That's it for oppression for you. Again, you're still a person of color. Right. You can't wash off. Can't. Yeah. You, still. You, you have a larger chance of being arrested, getting, arrested, getting incarcerated, uh, exactly. not having. Be, like it's we've somehow and people say oh well it's not we're all equal and class there is well classism still exists and racism still exists and they're tied together in our country racism I, I and classism be, okay for example uh so the charges just moved to la I know, all so right sad. so a lot of the players they were discriminated against be, um because a lot of the players were looking for homes in los angeles that played on the charges and a lot of people did not want these players in their homes. This is in Los Angeles. Wow. Well, and these, poor, Sha- um, not Shaq, um, during the last years when the Warriors won before they did, um, somebody spray painted the N-word um, on LeBron, LeBron James. James's house. Exactly. Like, excuse me? In his nice, beautiful, million-dollar m- mansion, he, he still he's is still a nigger. Disrespect- yeah, he's it's, still a it's nigger. Cra- it, see, and it's like, That's- racism exists, everybody. So this is another sad one. So all the players are kneeling. It says, when this is okay, all the players are kneeling. And this is not. And there's shoes that say 9-11, never forget. Wait. Time to stop watching football. I guess somebody 
um, had their shoes say 9-11 never forget. And that's patriotic. That's pretty patriotic. But because it doesn't, because it doesn't um, oh, have the NFL standards, they're only allowed to wear certain things and certain shoes. And, <laughs> and so they couldn't put that on there, I guess. And first of all, let's talk about how dirty the NFL is. Mm. The meme that you read earlier about um, the uh, corporate welfare of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Then they need to talk to the owners, because for, for example, mm. the the Rams who just left St. Louis, they came there. They built that stadium in 1995. That stadium has still not been paid for, so the taxpayers oh. um, in St. Louis still have to pay for that. And stadium. they don't have a team anymore. And they don't even have the Rams anymore. And this happens quite often with the NFL, where the the city <sighs> is left holding, with, yeah, with the bag. Yeah, like hey, you know what? You still got to pay this. And that, and yeah, it. This one I thought was interesting. My dad sends me this one: NFL off-season arrests. Now, the funny thing about this is, it's actually from 2012. <laughs> so, um, but uh, there's only one white guy in all of the off-season arrests. Rotsberger. David D. Hall. He had a D D W A driving um, with a .18. Uh, so here were the off-season arrests. Oh, DWI, DWI, assault with a firearm, DWI, reckless car crash, assault and burglary, uh, burglary, disorderly conduct, marijuana, that's ridiculous, DWI, assault, false fire alarm, DWI, resisting arrest, marijuana, DWI, sexual assault, Assault, DWI, 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 marijuana, DWI, DWI, <laughs> assault, marijuana, DWI. All right. And they're, and they're all, all black, black, except for one. See, I know Reddit what DWI. Doing. Thanks, well, Dad. And, well, that's the thing, though. They're saying, they're saying black people cause more crime, whether they're in that's the NFL exactly, or not. That's exactly what it states. Exactly. And it's terrible. That's not... And well, there but, is the problem with the guy who's still playing who beat up his wife. I have a huge problem with that. The, Ray Rice, the or not Lewis Ray Rice. guy, uh, uh, something Lewis. Ray Lewis? Is it? He? Oh he, no, Ray Lewis he, retired. He beat up Ray his. Rice. He beat up his wife. Ray Rice. And, Ray Rice. No, that was last year. There's a oh. new guy this year, and he beat up his wife, and he was supposed to get a suspension, but then he played the first six weeks, and then a judge said, "Well, we can't suspend him yet because we're still in pending action for the thing." Well, and and, and they like, still won't let Colin Kaepernick play, huh? Mmm. See, look at that. It's Peaceful a, protest versus beaten bitch beaten. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, so the. Uh, everyone's taking a knee all our african-american brethren praised by liberals for protesting america i'm like yeah great and then there's a guy taking a knee and it says mocked by liberals for praising god (laughs) if you want to praise god do your thing if you want to give if you want to give some invisible being all the credit for your awesome work go right ahead that's awesome do it i'm totally down with you if you believe it do your thing. Yeah. But that's the thing, too. If you fucking believe that America is racist and you can do something about it... Be a good Christian and do God it. God bless you. Right? I mean, but the thing is, most of these people that call them pander as Christians are not Christians. They're the most unchristian people. Yeah. You know? But there, there's no empathy. That's the whole thing is Jesus was all about empathy. Uh, you know, walking a mile in your brethren's shoes, taking a taking a log out of your own eye before you remove the speck from your brothers, that kind of stuff. Thou shalt not cast the first stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he without sin cast the first stone. Good luck. Mm, um, mm. 
I just, I don't even understand some of these he sent. This, this, is, this is the last one I don't understand. The founder of Dallas was the Confederate soldier. John Neely Bryan, PVT, 18 Texas CAV, CSA, December 24th, 1810, September 8th, 1877. Founder of Dallas, Texas. Time to level Dallas. I don't... Um, does that have something to do with the Cowboys taking it? I, I don't know. I don't How know. These people just... I don't read. get it. I don't, you guys are not clever because you not, don't read. <laughs> oh, this is a funny one. You'll like this one. So there's a guy on a horse and, uh, and his gun and it's a, it's a statue. And it says, this is a monument dedicated to Buffalo soldiers. The black regiment formed in 1866 that slaughtered Native Americans. What the hell do we do with this one? That's false about the Buffalo Soldiers, actually. A lot Buffalo of them, Soldier. A, a lot of them, um, actually, there are different tribes, though. But there are some uh, indigenous people as Buffalo Soldiers, and some of the Buffalo Soldiers were In the mixed with indigenous. America. So fuck you! Yeah, and so I know what you're trying to do! And you know what? The white people forced I, the black people to murder the Indians, the Native Americans. What do you think that the black soldiers just all got together and they're like, let's murder some Native Americans? No, the white guys at the top (laughs) told them to do it. That's how soldiers work, you asshole. Y'all try to flip the script. They were, you know, yeah. you think all the black people were like, let's go kill the Native Americans. First of Probably all, there were black not. people on the Confederate that had to be soldiers. They were forced to They had to be so. soldiers. Yeah, because so. they were slaves. They're like, hey, you better fight for us. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So I, I know what they're doing right here. They're trying to flip the script, trying to, you know, change history on their end. No, motherfuckers. I Ain't just, nobody falling for that bullshit. But the, the thing that makes me crazy savage is Savage on savage fight. Do, but people, they like, actually believe this like they get fur i mean i hope my dad i think he's joking but the concept that he thinks some of this stuff is funny i mean i guess if it was in a mel brooks blazing saddles kind of good old-fashioned funny racism makes fun of everybody I would totally get it because I'm into that shit. I think racism can be funny when you do it correctly. Well, that's because they were, they were making, making fun, fun of racism. Exactly because in it's stu- it's funny and it's stupid and it you people sound ridiculous when they're racist. Yeah. So exactly. that's the thing, and that's and why this stuff. It's they do they sound so dumb. It's like have, how have we not evolved to that? This is your intervention. That, that there's <laughs> that somehow the color the amount of pigmentation in your skin somehow determines who you are as a person but the media has helped glorify and the fear of being afraid of the big black man or except that we glorify it at the same time because nfl is filled with big black men and we give like somehow it's it, we're sports where they're all African-American gentlemen and ladies and, and, and then we've got our stars you've got your Beyonce our, our musicians I feel like it's this weird dichotomy of you know when Halle Berry gets an Oscar suddenly we're like well there's no more racism exactly <laughs> look Look, they're in movies. Well, <laughs> Look, Denzel Washington. He's a black person. He's got an Oscar. Clearly, we're not racist anymore. You remember when Obama was first elected? Everyone, like white people, were like, "Oh my gosh, let's see it! We have a colorblind we society." Did it. Yay, Hell we did no! It. We did it. No, 
shit just got worse. Yeah. Well, well. I mean, think about it. The that's how the Tea Party started. Oh. I mean, trust me, the the Bush administration was full of bigots. Mm. All I mean, good old fashioned bigotry, but they kept it a little bit behind closed doors, mm. not as emboldened compared to when the Tea Party and Sarah Palin but and her crazy ass. How does and that's what we lead to? What we have today. But racism it behooves them to be racist. Because the fear of the unknown. You really, but I think, there's got to be an there's an economic gain to it somehow to denigrate a segment of our culture of our society. There's there's got to be some um, gain. What's yeah, the gain with racism? Is. Well, the thing that white is superior. The superiority of white. But how do they make money off of being superior? Is it by oppressing somebody else's ability to make money? That's the same question that we've been trying to ask. Because it doesn't make sense, Because if if, if, There's no economic gain. There's no positive gain from it. That's the thing. But there's got to be. Why would would our president be, and uh, his entire regime, support and and, and and what do they benefit from institutionalized racism? And what the fact of the matter is, the white as being the majority. Oh, we're not uh, though. But you're not. That's a, and that's the thing. And but that's how stupid these people. It doesn't make sense majority. because you're not. Because most of the world is brown anyway. I just Sorry. can't wrap my brain around it. It's but gotta it's, deal with money. But it also is the fear, of the fact of like the world, especially this country, getting browner and browner, and by 2030, 2040. White people will not be the majority of them more so, uh, anymore. So the fear of so? that. You don't have to tell me. I know. I'm just. just, I, I, just I, I mean, it's hard because I'm. I, You're trying to rack your I'm brain tr- about something that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You would think that. It doesn't make sense. Because. And it doesn't make sense for me because. Uh, I don't even think that money, I don't even think we should have little pieces of paper that float through our hands. I think that everything should be um, real and tradable and that we can use our skills and our gifts as human beings to benefit one another. Well, and that's the thing about being human and a humanity, period. First of all, in an economic sense, when you have an an even playing field economically, you're your economy grows. Oh my God. Uh, that's what I would think. I yeah, would think exactly. it would be. Rather than oppressing people right. or throwing people we're not... out of your country that don't look like you, that actually help the economy grow. But you right. want, and the fact of the matter is, by the way, a lot of white people aren't having as many children anymore. So right. if you throw all the darkies out here in America, you ain't going to have much of an economy. This America will fall to pieces. It'll well, become a third world country. Because we don't make anything anymore. We just consume. And, well, we do make, we make some things. But it was like that thing, Donald Trump, he brought the things from the 50 states. Look, these things are made in this state. And, like, two of <laughs> oh, them were screwdrivers. The, I'm like, the stupid seriously? Shit. This is what, this is what you're going to trout stuff. out? Trump, <laughs> Trump, you're going to trot out like a little dog and pony show? Like, this is what we make in America. Yeah, these cowboys. Like hats. nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like freaking uh, I mean, and but what, because what we do and who we are is based on, on what we consume. I, I just so sad. I, I feel the reason why uh, this is just my opinion, but people don't want to lose their whiteness. They don't want to. There's this hierarchy, 
and the is white it, is supposed to, to be the top. Is it to feel superior? Yes, it is. Because really you feel, feel better than other people. Like, I'm exactly. white. I'm better than you. Well, think about but it. But Christians do that all the time. So it's like, but there's black Christians too. Do they feel better than other black people because they're Christians? Do they some, feel like, I'm a better do. person. Some people do. Yeah. Like, some, you know, but. Is it then, is it then that all a- people will try to segregate and diminish another Okay, put it in this just, way. I can't. In every culture in, of people of color, there's the the hierarchy of complexion, colorism, for example. Okay. The lighter that you are in that culture, like it being black or Latino or Asian, the lighter you are, the closer to whiteness and okay. more and how superior you are within your culture because you're more fair-skinned. Right, the high yellow concept. Exactly. And then the darker you are, the poorer you are. You, huh. you, you are inferior, you know. You're not part of the superior group, period. But you're, so you're listening to our, you guys are becoming racist against yourselves because we're so ultra racist. Kind of, that's kind of what colonialism and the the, uh, uh, hierarchy, the, uh, uh, what was the, uh, the chart? Uh, uh, there's ch- there's charts. Yeah, there's charts. There's color charts there's because color the Spanish. Charts. I, it makes yes. sense because Spanish Mestizo. Mexicans versus like um, Native American Mexicans, right. Native Mexicans. They're like we're better than them because they were indigenous with their culture. I. The closer you are to whiteness, the better that you are. But that we're all perpetuating this. How do we stop perpetuating this? Ask your people. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and maybe I should. Understand. That's the thing is, I need to sit down and have a conversation but with maybe, my father and be like, so, what, how do you benefit by being you, racist? Huh? I just want to know how he benefits by being racist. Like how no it helps benefits. him in his daily that's life. The, that's what we've been trying to tell y'all for yeah. so long. No mm-hmm. one, no one benefits. Right. Nothing. Nothing positive happens. What ends up happening is a genocide of your own people of your own kind and economically economic economics means basically you're going to end up poor in a third world country starving and then dying off yeah <laughs> it's, it doesn't make sense this is some of the quotes on that first one i put up about um Ooh, that we didn't true. understand it didn't take long for liberals to reveal their true feelings did it here's some of the responses <laughs> I would hear it. it's more accurate than funny both flags are now used for the same purpose in various de- uh, divisive situations how one views or worships either flag is a litmus test for coded racism it is typically those with bigoted mindset getting upset when someone else doesn't subscribe to their manufactured loyalty to either one is linked to not wanting to end slavery and one was commissioned during slavery hard to use either as a tool of inclusion in today's climate very astute daryl joyce comedian daryl joyce uh this is this was funny my friend lloyd whitaker right it weren't meant to be funny and he spelled it ill i i twerk t-w-e-r-n-t-m-e-n-t ta t-a Letter B, funny, two E's. That's funny. It weren't meant to be funny. Um, it's, this is someone said, it's not accurate. It's just the right is offended by the kneeling, so they say it's attacking their flag because they don't agree with it. It's like both sides calling everyone Hitler. Uh, 
Right. Uh, seeing as it's conservatives who are putting people in internment camps, advocating policies that harm the sick, and those who are marching with swastikas, good people. I'd say it's pretty easy to call them Nazis. Yeah. And then this one guy, this is the troll who comes in, and he said, ha, 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 internment camps. Wow, okay. And then Adam Robert sent this, which I thought was great. Arizona's concentration camp. Why was Tent City kept open for 24 years? Yeah. I had never heard of this, and yeah. I thought it was so funny That's because Sheriff I wanted Joe to Apiro. give it to my dad because he lives in Arizona. in Arizona. And he'd be like, yeah, they're prisoners. Fuck them. Like, that's what he'd probably say. But the thing is that why are people, why are these people in this prison? This is uh, Sheriff Joe Apio, the guy, the right. guy that... Uh, Fuckface. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is. Uh, they show a picture. There's first. There's guys in in black stripes, which I think is kind of stigmatizing, and they're all outdoor in these tents, and in the dust. It says. Hitler, Hitler, the prisoners chanted to the TV cameras in protest. This was written in. Uh, what year was this written in? There's no date on it. Oh, Monday, August. Uh, 2017. Uh, the prisoners chanted to the TV cameras in protest. It was February 4th, 2009. More than 200 Latino men in black and white striped uniforms shackled to each other were being marched toward an outdoor unit, especially for illegal alien prisoners in Arizona's infamous jail, Tent City. I had no idea yeah. this was real. And I'm sitting here going, we, this is crazy to me. It's, it should be illegal. It, yeah. The chants were directed at the Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio, but who a few months before had called this outdoor jail uh, close to downtown Phoenix his own tough on crime creation, a concentration camp, in a speech to political supporters at his local Italian American club. I mean, fucking Dago. This is so crazy to me that it, right, but at concentration camp, you're literally calling yourself a Nazi. Yeah, you're literally saying, and eh. in, in hot and hundred degrees. Oh, that gets to that. Yeah. When asked about the comment by the Guardian in July, Arpaio brushed it off as a joke. But even if it was a concentration camp, what difference does it make? I still survived. I kept getting reelected, he said. The jail survived, too. For more than 20 years, Tent City stood within a larger jail compound in an industrial area 10 minutes south of downtown Phoenix. At its peak in the late 90s, it comprised 82 Korean War era military tents and housed 1,700 inmates. After 2009, it could hold up to 200 document, undocumented immigrants. Oh my God, can you imagine being taken from your family and brought to this concentration camp because you're an illegal immigrant? It could, it could be so many people. They could have a, you, could, you could be a hard worker. You could be a, you could be a family man. All your kids could have been born here. All that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. This is crazy to me. Despite multiple lawsuits from mistreated former prisoners mounting public outrage and intense criticism from groups such as Amnesty International, which derided the facility as inhumane, overcrowded, and dangerous, the outdoor prison remained open. Even the Justice Department accused Arpaio of racially profiling Latinos on his patrols and denying prisoners basic human rights in his jails. But now, like Arpaio's own legacy, Tent City's tenure is about to come to an end, leaving many local city residents, civil rights groups, and former inmates asking, how did it survive for so long? 
The facility was never meant to be open for two decades. It started as a temporary solution to overcrowding in the other Maricopa County jails after 93. Arpaio said it cost just $80,000 to erect using surplus military tents left over from the Korean War. For months at a time, inmates sentenced for minor crimes, minor minor crimes, like marijuana, by the way, people, uh, slept under the green cloth tents on bunk beds perched on large cement slabs on gravel. In the summer, temperatures inside could reach up to 130 degrees in the dry Arizona heat. Though there was an indoor air-conditioned unit where detainees could shower and take sick relief from the heat, they weren't allowed to sleep there. Inmates were issued with pink underwear, pink sandals, and used pink wet towels around their necks to ease the heat. The sheriff said he chose pink so prisoners wouldn't try to steal them. Arpaio had styled himself as America's toughest sheriff since the early 90s, focusing on the drug trade and criminal gangs. But in 2007, as the border state of Arizona became the main gateway for more than 50% of undocumented migration and fears grew over terrorism, he switched back, focusing his ire on illegal immigration. Tent City was a particularly divisive project, inspiring admiration from some of the locals in the community, but drawing intense criticism from those who saw it as a place of humiliation. Duh. Proud of his prison experiment, Arpaio frequently invited the media to witness new cohorts of detainees being sent to Tent City, as he did in 2009. He said this was an inexpensive way to get his anti-immigration message out to the public, justifying his use of tents and razor wire to the TV cameras and journalists. Arpaio argued that the criminals inside both American and foreigners convicted of minor offenses, most often drug use, shoplifting, and in some cases working with false documents, were more adept at escape. What? What a racist fuckball. I un... It's the same thing uh, that our president said. Uh, uh, They're rapists and murderers. Uh, When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. (laughs) Jamie Valdez, 35, spent four months of 2012 in a, the separate outdoor unit for around 200 un, undocumented immigrants. For shock value, Arpaio promoted this wing as a place for illegal aliens. But in reality, it was for anyone awaiting to be turned over to another law enforcement agency. They mocked us for not speaking the language, Valdez says of the jail guards. We would talk to them and they ignored us. Sent there after a drinking, driving conviction, he says of the inmates of Tent City, we knew we were there because we had made a mistake, but it was denigrating. On cold days, temperatures reached as low as 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Holes torn in the tents let in the wind and rain and drenching the beds. Valdez and other prisoners made ropes to hold the tent canvases together out of black trash bags they had been given as raincoats. Inmates were forced to work on chain gangs, which, save for a few exceptions, had been abandoned by the U.S. in 1955. Maricopa County ran the only all-female chain gang in the country. Other detainees had mandatory work inside the jail, and some were part of a furlough program still in effect that allowed them to go outside to work but return to sleep in Tent City. Valdez worked uncompensated in the laundry department, organizing uniform supply orders for the five other jails. The tents soon earned a bad reputation, according to Dom, Tom Barup, who was chief executive officer at Arpaio's agency until 98. Detention officers at first didn't want to work there because it was dangerous, he said. If there was a riot, 
you didn't have a whole lot of people. During one disturbance in 96, Barrup saw prisoners burn some of the tents in protest. But this didn't stop Arpaio from gaining widespread political support for the project. From day one, I always said to critics, our men and women fight for our country and they live in tents. So why are you complaining when the convicted are doing the same time in the tents? Arpaio told The Guardian, Barrup says the project soon became a super production of the sheriffs once he realized he could rest his political career on pink underwear, chains gang, chain gangs, tents, and an almost cartoonish tough-on-crime image. Michael Manning, a litigation attorney of one of Arpaio's most ardent critics, says at times Tent City was overcrowded, making it horrendously dangerous environment. He got away with it because people could excuse the embedded racism in his message. Manning adds, because he fashioned it as always as, I'm going to protect you from people who are out there breaking the law and threatening your lives and property. Manning won more than a dozen lawsuits tied to the mistreatment and wrongful deaths deaths at Arpaio's jails in Maricopa County over 15 years. He won a $2 million settlement over the death of Brian Crenshaw, a blind man who had an altercation with an officer inside Tent City. Crenshaw died of complications in 2003 after he was held in confinement in another jail. Another inmate, Philip Wilson, died after a beating by other prisoners in Tent City the same year. The family refused a million-dollar settlement and instead went to trial and lost. Yeah. Quote, his entire jail operation was unconstitutionally inhumane and unconstitutionally dangerous, says Manning. Arpaio was warned about the unsafe conditions in a number of reviews about the jail, Manning says. The reports included concerns about understaffing. In a 2003 letter, the county's risk management department warned Arpaio that conditions needed to improve or he would pay punitive damages himself on future lawsuits from mistreated prisoners. People knew it was inhumane, but my Republican colleagues were so afraid of the sheriff, they let him get away with that, said Mary Rose Wilcox, a former Democratic supervisor for 21 years to the Maricopa County Board, a five-member governmental body which oversees the sheriff's budget. Still, the jail remained open. Presidential candidates visited it and made international headlines with media crews visiting from Japan and England. Tourists and public were invited, too. It was hot in there, remembers Catherine Kobor, a 74-year-old woman who toured the jail in 2015. But it wasn't as horrific as she had been led to believe. You do the crime, you do the time, she said, echoing Arpaio's own catchphrase. Arpaio's political career, career began to unravel in 2016. Many Republicans turned against him during the campaign season as he became involved in a series of costly lawsuits. Most recently and damningly, a federal judge in July found the former sheriff guilty of disobeying a 2011 order to stop detaining immigrants during traffic patrols whom he suspected of being in the country illegally, even though they had not committed any crimes. That was the show me your papers. In 2016, Arpaio's successor, Chef Paul Penzone, inherited six jails and embattled law enforcement agency under the watch of a federal monitor due to accusations of civil rights violations against Latinos. Penzone's like, you know, it's illegal to have civil rights violation. Did you know that? You're not supposed to be racist. Penzone's first step in dismantling Arpaio's legacy was to announce the closure of Tent City and the eradication of the mandatory pink underwear. This facility is not a crime deterrent. 
It's not cost efficient and it's tough on criminals, said Penzone during the announcement on April 4th. The move would save taxpayers more than $4 million a year, he said, after costing an average of $9 million to operate because of all the lawsuits. Uh, Grant Woods, a former Republican attorney general who headed a committee appointed by Penzone to review the facility, said there was no proof that Tent City had helped prevent recidivism recidivism as Arpaio boasted the perception was that it was tough on crime that it was tough on crime as a myth he said at the time of writing there are still 370 men and women held in one compound of tent city local civil rights groups are concerned about their health with the extreme heat advisories of the Arizona summer they will remain there until October as a part of a special program that allows them to leave the tents to work during the day the sheriff's office has said uh, they will be found appropriate housing in the autumn. So that should be now. Uh, Arpaio was due to be sentenced on October 5th and faced up to six months in prison for willfully violating a federal court order. However, last week, Donald Trump threw the sheriff's possibility in incarceration into doubt when it was reported he was considering a pardon for the former sheriff. Mm -hmm. President Trump reportedly told Fox News, I might do it right away, maybe early this week. I'm seriously thinking about it. Uh, he added Arpaio was a great American patriot who had done a lot in the fight against illegal immigration. I'm sorry, I don't mean to give him a Southern accent. Yeah, That's not yeah. fair to people. It's he's Trump. From, he's Queens. Yeah. Uh, but but immigrants such as Valdez would like to see the sheriff behind bars. He has to pay. He'll get a taste of his own medicine, he said. I'd like to see him uh, in a little tent under the sun wearing pink boxers, pink sandals, and a pink towel. Yep. Wouldn't that be sweet justice? I am... <laughs> Not surprised, but it makes me so sad that... Uh, Minor, huh? Minor. It's racist racism is everywhere. Yeah. And it's like... The show me your papers. Most of those people, I'll bet you didn't even do a goddamn thing. They were just brown. That was their they crime. They were just brown. They didn't even... There was no reason to pull them over except that they were suspected of being brown. Yeah. That is racial profiling. Uh... So this is what that guy, the guy, the troll, I put in. I think both flags are racist, so my confusion lies in the liberal true feelings line. I don't see how this is a liberal slur joke meme thing. And then the guy, the troll, says, ha, 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 wow, snowflake, really? A piece of cloth is racist? Oh, God. I'm sorry that I didn't say symbolizes racism, but you, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know what don't I'm talking about. Don't, yeah. I mean... He wasn't even a good troll. Damn. You know, right? <laughs> Uh, you this, suck at this. I suppose if one takes it apart, the bars represent the 13 colonies of white people living among and enslaving red people until there are so few left that the white people had to import and enslave brown people to build their nation and maintain enough power yeah. to establish their sovereignty and not be usurped by other nations using similar power structures at the time. The stars are also white. The, yeah. the, the use of these colors and placement are absolutely deliberate and were chosen by men for whom slavery was a necessary tool to impose their will upon others to the point that an entirely new nation was formed that countries uh, that continues to endure to this day Preach. think about it our first flag was that of the east india trading company damn she just brought some knowledge mm -hmm. and then but that's not why people are kneeling and the, and the folks that believe they are, they're just assholes that willfully ignore the message, choosing not even to listen to those kneeling at all. That's how privilege works. Damn, 
Come drop a mic for yeah, that. Yeah, this is Ian Smith. Thanks, Ian Smith. Yeah, drop a mic, Ian. So it's crazy because uh, it, this is really funny. One of my buddies, uh, she's a really funny lady, uh, Evelyn Erie Diamond. She uh, wrote to me, I think our dads know each other. <laughs> Which isn't, isn't true. They just all. And then that's when Adam Pearlstein joined in and was like, and mine. They all, they all, all the dads know each other. So the thing that you guys can join if you think that the right is dumb is it's a group called So This Is The Right's fab- Fabled Memeing Ability. So I, I went and I'm trying to join this group because I think they're just so... They have no idea how to even meme. Like this meme it's, doesn't, it doesn't it say any. Sense. It doesn't it's, make sense. It's not clever. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't it's make just sense. a huh? Yeah. Huh? Moment. What? What? I mean, and first of all, if you want to be patriotic, that you know, that patriotic white person who who talks about treason, the, the Confederate flag is a symbol of has nothing to do with this country they were trying to succeed right you know from right the union. union yeah they were if like you let's make our own country if we... you want to call yourself a patriot you know so number one it was about slavery let's just get that straight and number and by the way a lot of these confederate soldiers and the statues mm. did not come up after the war they came up it, um, during um, the early 1900s all the way to the 1930s during Jim Crow to instill fear yeah. into us to make us not forget that we are still inferior. Uh, it, 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 so we, I, Yeah, the slavery thing is like... And by the way, on these statues, we, it, it does... We just like free labor. Is that what it is? It's like... White people lazy. We just like free labor. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, they call us lazy now. No, actually, I, technically... Yeah, it makes me crazy. When uh, when my, my when I was little, my dad used to say, oh, all the lazy Mexicans, and I'm like, have you ever been to Mexico? I went to Mexico, and they built a road. We were in one part of Mexico. We got in our little rental car. We went to another part, and we're like, oh, look, they're working on a road. And then we go back four days later. The road is finished. <laughs> the road was done. They got to get that shit you done. You teach Caltrans something, Yo, my friend. Some of my uh, Mexican brothers and sisters that I know don't have just one job. They have two or three jobs. So I don't know where white... But what I Because we don't people, pay labor. We don't pay I, I people that do labor. White people like to call other people of different ethnicities lazy, though. Isn't that when, weird? And especially in this country. Right. When, by the way, you didn't build a you goddamn know, thing. And you could give yourself a manicure. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have a we had a breastfeed the babies like y'all oh y'all i know so, wet nurses lazy to even put i know out. wet nurses the wet nurses freak me out too <laughs> i just <laughs> speaking of wet nurses and boobs Ooh, uh yeah. we're gonna move from racism to sexism uh this is just ism our, day. our ism it's ism day yeah this is gonna be our normal choice pro-choice minute i feel like we did some drug policy there with the nfl and whatever we were all over with mass incarceration we we got the drug we, policy yeah. alliance ideas across today uh this is the justice for jane uh press release the justice for jane ruling uh Narl's senior vice president Sasha Bruce issued the following statement in response to the latest decision by the U.S. Supreme, the U.S. Court of Appeals, to allow Jane Doe to receive abortion care. The full Court of Appeals finally recognized what we knew all along: 
This was just another example of egregious overreach by the Trump administration to impose its anti-choice ideology on Americans and roll back reproductive rights. For the anti-choice movement, it was never about Jane Doe's health. It was about using the courts to impose an out-of-touch agenda on our most vulnerable women. Let's be clear. The Trump administration and the anti-choice GOP will do whatever it takes to ban abortion for all women. They are preying on marginalized, vulnerable women like Jane Doe in order to achieve that goal. Until the Trump administration and the anti-choice GOP understand that abortion access is a basic human right, we will keep fighting for women like Jane Doe. Yay! This is another one I don't get. Like, what, what benefits you as a male stripping my 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 rights my rights to choose what right. what benefit i mean and by the right, way right 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 i we, completely agree with you we did we did the story uh several weeks ago about the uh the pennsylvania senator that oh was, right, right 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 he says that um abortion is bad and wrong and voted for it but then when his mistress. his mistress got all pregnant he was like Watch, go get yourself an abortion, sweetheart. Exactly. Double, the double standard morality. You impose. Hypocrisy. So the morality that we all as American people believe that you believe too, you hypocritic, that's the wrong word. (laughs) You hypocrite. You hippopotamus. It's it's crazy to me that you're one of the seven in 10 people that believe that a woman's right to choose is a fundamental human right when it's convenient for you. you and so and that those with the question of like so how how do you if you are so anti-choice though though when it comes to you it's hey psh, better get this abortion right okay so you outlawing abortion what's the benefit yeah, what's the benefit and, and you know and I, she went by the way she wasn't pregnant either oh good good for her she got a gotcha moment oh she got a gotcha yeah, she got that's a gotcha. fun and he good had for to resign her and all that oh i love it i love it happy endings good at Good job. Uh, happy endings. There's no, there's no uh, mistakes. Just happy little accidents. Um, you, what, what benefit do is served by keeping women enslaved? I mean, exactly. what is? It, it, I, one of the little ladies today. Um, I teach now on Wednesdays from 10:30 to 11:30. These really great kids from Nomad and uh, little lovely uh, young ladies and and gentlemen. And one of the one of the young ladies says, you know that 56% of, of United States are women? And I was like, yeah, that's, and isn't it funny? I, I was like, isn't it funny how we, we still aren't, aren't getting any choice? What if we started our own party, the women's party, and it had nothing to do with Republican or Democratic lines? And it's what Trina was talking about last week. Oh, that's right. Is that we shot ourselves in the foot with suffrage. We should have been like, now there's a women's party. Exactly. They tried to do that after the women's suffrage in 1920, correct? And everyone went, they're crazy. They're crazy. Don't listen to those battle axes. I think I think it's also, too, the fact that married women change their views once they become married. Mm. And they end up voting like their husbands. Yep. Yep. Rather yep. than having yep. a mind of their own, they get yep. programmed by their man. Mm. Stupid bitches. Uh, but I mean, this goes back to like the racism, the, the isms. Like, what benefit? Okay, for example, women's wages. You, us, I mean, we're fifty-six percent of. That means we're fifty-six percent uh, of the economy. Yeah. So what do you? Us not getting a fair wage. How does that benefit the economy? How right. does that work? Right. How? Wh- what? What? 
benefit exactly. or anything. What do you get out of it? Nothing other than like I'm a man and I stick my dick in things. Right. And I I get the power. Okay, cool. You get the power, but where where, where we go from here? <laughs> what? Yeah. Where do yeah? Where do we go from here? It doesn't. All these isms don't make sense. That's the point. I agree. Yeah, you know. Yeah, keeping. If you like, what is the benefit? We'll have to have somebody. We'll have to have someone in next week tell us what the benefit of racism is. The only thing I can think of is the free labor thing, or cheap labor. If you denigrate, if you denigrate brown people and say they're only good for digging ditches or whatever, but then we don't value that work equally. We don't. We subject. It 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 just doesn't give you. It it gives. It keeps people, I guess. It turns into classism. It turns into classism. But we should value, I mean, we should value all labor. That's why slavery is wrong, because you're not valuing someone's labor, and you're saying that they are not person, that they are a thing that should be owned, that their their labor and their working is owned by someone else, and, and everyone should own their own labor, what you do, and that's why the whole women thing gets crazy is we have babies we should own our fucking labor well I mean didn't the <laughs> government sh- just recently uh, the senate just uh, they vetoed the woman's wage bill recently oh, huh. yeah are we that looking at that again mm. again republican men yeah I, they don't want us to make money because then it gives us the freedom to not have to suck their dicks I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know I don't know what again I don't know what I factor know. I don't know white men don't know. what do you get out of it what do you get out of it <laughs> Question for another day. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we're going to be going uh, th- for the rest of this month and subsequent months. We're going to. It's time to watch the videos again. Oh, already. Yeah, it's time to. Uh, it's time to watch the submission tapes for Submit. the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up March first through fifth, twenty eighteen. Sponsored by Spark. Spark presents the third annual. Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, also brought to you by Bender's Bar, 800 South Van Ness, by Rainbow Foods, by uh, Green Army Cosmetics. There's weed and then there are cosmetics. And, uh, and Asiento. Uh, so uh, thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, still looking for sponsors. If you want to give me some money, we'll talk about you too. We'll give you like stuff. Uh, and possibly Dope Magazine. They haven't gotten back to me. Anyways, so uh, we're going to start today with Ginny Hogan. And it's funny because her she moved to uh, New York, but her tape is from San Francisco. Oh, nice. That's funny. I wish she would have given us um, a more recent tape because this is from the beginning of the year. But I'm sure that it's going to be amazing. Check it out. Here we go. Let's check it out. And uh, he was like, Ginny, that's fucked up. You can't just eat potato chips midway through sex. And I was like, Tim, how was I supposed to know we were midway through? <laughs> Seriously. Girls don't know how long sex is going to take. <laughs> Uber ride. Like, <laughs> you get like a little time stamp. <laughs> More like a lift line. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> it would be great to know, though. I would love to know when the sex 
is going to end, but it always like feels rude to ask. <laughs> I just wish that, like he could like give me like a one minute letter or something. Sure. Just because by the time the guy starts finishing, it's way too late for me to plausibly fake it, you know. <laughs> uh, but I actually happen to be really great at fake orgasms because I'm just naturally very red and out of breath. <laughs> I only like gentle sex though. I'm a very light sleeper. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could get this many people to my shows. They used to do Getting Giggly with it at um, Kel's Purple Onion, and she did it with Jeff Dean. I have no idea how they got so many people there all the time. I try to stay very still. <laughs> I prefer the term sexually present. Trying <laughs> to be in the moment. I mean, I know her work. I think she's funny. I wish that she would have given me something from... It's a New York tape. From the New York, because I know all that material. But Ginny, good job. Funny stuff. The, the audience loves you, and that is exciting. I just, I'm so jealous, because how do you get people to come... Hey, everybody, this Friday, Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse is hell in a handbasket. It's going to be a great one with Chris Canasser, Clara Bijel, uh, and... Greg Gettle, I just had a comedian dump out, so I need another, but geez, I need him to be a bringer. They've got, I don't know how to get, last week I only had four people in the audience and I just, it makes me crazy. I have no idea how to get people here to Mutiny Radio. I know you guys are listening. Come on by the station every Friday night at eight o'clock. The next one is Julia Ramos out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm going to grab her thing. Portland people are very funny. We know that. Uh, as evidenced by last year, I think we had eight different comedians from there. Oh, that's the getting giggly with it again. Did I, I messed that up. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, people, they're, they're, they're very funny people from, from, from up in the Northern hinterlands. Pacific Northwest folks. Yeah. And we're going to listen to this one. We'll see if she's funny. Do, 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 do. Oh, this is from Portland's Funniest Person Com- Contest. Uh, my name is Julia Ramos. Like you said, I am half Mexican and half Native American. Um, both my parents' first language is Spanish, which is great um, until they need to try and spell something in English, like my middle name. Uh, my middle name is Nicole, and there's an A in it. Yeah. Doesn't really matter where you put it, uh, it's wrong. Uh, so I'm in therapy, obviously. I went to my appointment recently, and half my therapist goes, well, I think it's time that I graduated you. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And she goes, well, you've been doing so well that I think you're ready to do this on your own. And I was like, uh, there's a chance this feeds into my abandonment issue, so <laughs> let's talk about that for a little while. <laughs> Her next one that, uh, this is a five-minute set she sent, but the next one she does 13 minutes. So at least I know that she can do lots of time i don't think that her opening joke was my favorite yet but let's see where she goes let's what do you see. think thus far i like the nicole with the a i think it's funny nice I, I i wanted her to get to that punchline fast it's been great though uh this whole month has been amazing i had my birthday at the end of last month and on june 2nd i celebrated five years sober so thank you 
Thank you. Thank you. Court order. <laughs> yeah, I heard that boom. Me neither, buddy. <laughs> uh, which has been fine. You know, like, I, I knew I had a problem with drinking. I knew I had, a, I had a problem when I turned watching the show Intervention into a Drinking Game. Anyone else? <laughs> Finally, an intervention joke. I've always wanted to hear an intervention joke. That was great. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's fine. <laughs> it is. I had a 0.396 blood alcohol content on a Monday wow. afternoon, you guys. <laughs> That's yeah. Amazing. Whoa, calm down. Uh, most of you sound like the judge there. <laughs> it was. I, the arresting officer is sitting across from me, and he goes, uh, I just need to let you know that if I were to drink your blood right now, I would get a buzz. And I was like, well, <laughs> sir, <laughs> I wouldn't say no. <laughs> it's the least I can do, really. It's been, it's been wonderful, though. You know, like, I was on probation for 18 months, and it was amazing. I loved everything about it, and I didn't expect that. But it was because it was structure and stability, which I didn't have uh, growing up. There were nine marriages in my family. My dad was married four times, and my mom was married five times, four times in the same man. So, yeah, that's not normal, I found out in therapy. <laughs> and uh, that part's fine, until I realized that I was demoted with every single one of those weddings. Um, here's how it went down. Maid of honor, bridesmaid, witness, not even fucking invited. <laughs> yeah, I was. She's funny. Yeah, she's funny. That's funny. Yeah, she's a funny girl. I like her. Uh, Woodiness. That is Julia Ramos is a Portland comic using humor and all her life's mistakes to create entertainment for audiences of all ages. She's been invited to perform at the All Jane Comedy Festival. Good for you! The Northwest Women's Comedy Festival accepted into Idaho Laugh Fest and is a co-host of Minority Retort, a showcased in Portland highlighting the talents of comedians of color. She would also do anything to meet Stevie Wonder, so any help with that is appreciated. She's uh -huh. very funny. Nice. Here we go, Jeremiah Coughlin, another Portland, Oregon gent, our first our first man. This is exciting. We already have two women. Ha -ha. Uh, last year, we didn't have enough ladies, and, and people kind of got on my tush about it. They said, why are there so few women? And I was like, because yeah. so few women applied. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I picked the funniest we, people. We had that issue when we were going through that. Uh, yeah, there just weren't enough women. And, and we don't want to... It's they gotta be funny. Oh, oh, I like this guy. I, he looks he looks like I like him. I'm gonna start from the beginning. I don't know why that started halfway through. We'll get to it later. Everybody doing? Wonderful. Thank you guys for being here. My name's Jeremiah Coughlin. Uh, I do have some bad news for you guys to bum you out. I recently got fired from my job. Yeah. Thank you. Not my real job, uh, but like my side hustle. Uh, besides comedy here in Portland, Oregon, I used to give paranormal ghost tours. <laughs> that's a real, that's a real job you can have here in this town. And, and I got shit canned from it. Yeah, I got fired for being too creative. That's what they told me. Yeah. Well, I got uh, his next video is he made it to the quarterfinals. So hey, that's pretty crazy. In the office, they were like, Jeremiah, we think you're taking a few too many liberties with the material you've been given. 
And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a goddamn ghost tour. The whole thing's made up. I, I helped you guys make it up. I don't, I don't understand why I'm the only one in trouble. They were very nice to me. Uh, if you do ever get fired from Portland walking tours, which you might... Uh, yeah, see? It's, it might be in the cards for a few more people. They were very sweet to me. They're like, Jeremiah, we love having you here. We think you're great. We think you're really funny. We're just not going to give you money to come here and do this anymore. I was like, yeah, that's a deal breaker, bro. I'm going to need that money. About a week after I got fired, I went down to the Bay Area. I was doing this big comedy show in San Francisco. And the, uh, the host of the show introduced me and told everybody that I was visiting from Oregon. And then he described me as Super Portlandia. Yeah, and I was kind of in the back of the room where everyone could see me. I was like, no, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't want to be Super Portlandia. And then I got on stage and told everybody about how I just got fired from my ghost tour job. <laughs> Person. Okay, nailed it. I'm gonna cut my hand to a mullet now. Uh, this is recent too. This is from June, so this we'll is good. Later, but I do still have a day job. Uh, like I said, I love to be doing comedy full time for a living. Uh, but my parents just don't have that kind of money. So I'm not ready for that yet. Uh, I work for a beer distributor here in Portland. Yeah, people love it, man. Uh, if you drive a van that says Coors Light on the side, you can just drive like a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I also get to hang out in convenience stores a lot, which is where the real action is. I don't know if you guys have been to a plaid pantry lately, but basically refugee camps for white dudes with dreadlocks. <laughs> I was in a convenience store the other day. I like him. I mean, we're only halfway through and I've laughed a bunch of times. He's, he's good. He's got chops. He's funny. Up. Yeah. It's good. It's Portland people, by and large, are always good. Okay, so this guy, we don't even need to watch his video because Anthony Picaro actually was our headliner last year. He was a co-headliner of the festival with Tony Sparks. So obviously, he's going to be a winner, but we'll... Um, we're going to watch it anyway? We're going to watch it anyway because he's so fucking hysterical that we're all just going to laugh our asses off. Uh, Andy Picaro is a comedian that I met when I was in the Hilarious Comedy Festival uh, three years ago in lovely Seattle, uh, put on by uh, Patrick Higgins. And we had a great time and I talked to him and he lived, oh, uh, he used to live back there in the Pennsylvania. And then he moved out to uh, LA to try to make it big as a comedian. Nice. Here he is. Picaro. This is really recent too. That's LA. not good music for me to walk to. That doesn't, <laughs> did that fit? Did anybody see me and think of my, oh, that's his music, that's good. <laughs> I like going on stage after there's just an act where one of them looks like me if I had a gym membership in fashion sense, but I don't. <laughs> I gotta wear this shirt that doesn't fit in front of you guys now. I look like Roseanne Barr fucked Wolverine. That's what I look like. <laughs> and you guys are finishing eating. I'm so sorry. So you want to look away, I get it. Don't worry about it. I've only been in LA for a few months. But what is it about, man, everybody in LA that looks like me lives in Van Nuys. Do I have to move to Van Nuys? 
Why does everybody, does everybody just get to the Greyhound station? They look like me and the dude, Van Nuys, just go, hold on. Van Nuys, carry heavy things and look upset. That's your last year of life. Every other area of LA, anybody who looks like me, they're just using the Marshall's bag as a pillow right now. That's what they're doing. <laughs> so I'm trying to get accustomed to it here, <laughs> having fun. I gotta lose weight being here. Everybody's fucking in shape, you know what I mean? They got protein shakes and fucking cute little dogs and stuff. You know? We're never gonna have a male plus size model, will we? <laughs> that shit is gross. The forms aren't equal, right? You see a female plus size model, what do you say? We say it's brave and courageous. <coughs> But you've never been to the beach, seen a big fat guy walk by and been like, oh, he's so brave. He's so brave. How courageous of him to slowly break a chair in front of us. And block our view of the ocean. It's not gonna happen, it's not brave for us, it's just gross. Seth Rogen is never doing a Calvin Klein ad, that's not happening. All my friends who go to the gym, they're like, oh, Andy, if you go to the gym, you feel great. If you go to the gym, you feel wonderful. You know what feels great? Never going to the gym. <laughs> like, not even once. I feel amazing. All my friends who go to the gym, they're like, my glutes hurt. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck glutes are. I don't know what those are. You want yours to not hurt? Why don't you stop doing that? There you go. It'll be good. Fixed you. <laughs> Fixed you. I have two cats. Yeah, this Tinder profile has a lot of strikes so far, doesn't it? A lot of strikes. I got two cats, too. I think that's a strike each. No, when I got them, it was adorable. I got them when I was in a relationship, so we were a couple with cats. And then she left. And now I'm just a guy with cats. That's different. That's not the same. Right? Because cats are either great or terrible. You know, people either love or hate cats, you know? They're either great or terrible. That's it. Like, cats are just like redheads. <laughs> right? They're either beautiful, majestic creatures, or they have tiny, gross faces, right? It's one or the other. You've never seen a redhead and gone, ah, uh, that's a five. Not ones and tens, that's it. Both sexes, two models, great and terrible. I could say that because you were pretty. If you were ugly, I had to skip that joke. That's what you know what I mean? I got a lot of, I have a lot of other jokes. Like, you were looking down like, no, trust me, you're a ten, you, you, you know. How do you not know if you're a 10 or a 1? If you're a redhead, quit looking around like you don't know which one you are. You know. That's a, that's a nine-point swing. You know. You know you're 10. Sometimes there's a 1 up front, and I just don't, I don't do that joke, man. I skip right over that. Do something else. <laughs> no, I love my cats. You know how I know I love my cats? I let them shit in a box in my house. That's where they go. That's where they're supposed to go. I reward them for this. My cats shit in a box in my laundry room. And then every day I sift it like it's gold. On my hands and knees, I sift it, and I put it in a little bag, and I take it out to the garbage. You know you love something. You let it shit in a box. In your house. Right? Like, you might think you love your nephew. But if he took a shit in a box, in your house? You'd be like, Jeffrey's not coming over anymore. That was weird. I want to have kids someday. Not yet, though, because whenever I date a girl and we have a pregnancy scare, that's what we call it. It's a scare with two people shaking in a right aid. We're scared. We're frightened. You know? It's disturbing. I think if I do have a kid, though, I want to wait till we can design our kid on a computer, you know? 
I want a very specific kid. I want to have a daughter that looks just like me. Right? Because you have an attractive daughter, what happens? You just worry your whole life. And then you die and hope other people worry. But if your daughter looks just like me, how much would you really worry? Right? If your daughter looked just like me, you could leave her in a bad neighborhood overnight, come back the next day, she's still sitting there, she's fine. If your daughter looked just like me, and she wanted to go to Aruba for spring break, she's coming back. You're gonna see her again. All right, thank you guys very much. I've been Andy Picaro. Thank you for having me. Andy Picaro is so, so funny. We're so lucky that he applied. He so is he's champion. down in L.A. now trying to make it? Yeah, like trying to, I don't know, come up with ideas and stuff for stuff. God, I had an idea the other day, and boy, this is, okay, so. I don't even know if I should say it on the radio because I don't want to give other people the idea but it is part of a joke and it's my joke and it exists but it doesn't exist and I want to make it exist if it's possible do you know how I talk about um, milking my own breasts uh, because I ingest so much weed that there would be cannabinoids in my breast milk therefore I could make TH cheese out of breast milk now I came up with this last night what if I go to UC Davis and I start feeding cows marijuana like the off casts, right? Like after it's been, not the buds, like, but all the, the plant matter itself to, to have THCA. From your breast milk or? No, the cows, feed okay. the cows. Okay. So cows usually eat grass, right? They're a ruminant I animal. And so why not feed them marijuana? Because they'll eat marijuana because they're ruminant animals. Now, if you have a cow and its cud happens to be hemp or THCA or CBDs or what have you, and then they make milk. Will there be cannabinoids in their milk? And can you turn that milk into sour cream or cheese or, you, you know, you name it, dairy product? Because you're feeding them a special diet of weed. Am I a genius? Be, it would still definitely be in their system. So it would still be in their system, wouldn't you think? There would be a certain time it's when the you same, had to find out when that car, that cow has harvested. It's 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 the thing though with the. It's the same thing if we used to put RBST in dairy cows because when you, it's a hormone that helps not make them sick. Uh, but it's passed on within the milk. Uh, we had to give this ruminant animals because we were feeding them not ruminant things. When you feed a cow corn and fat, uh, it makes them fat and stuff, but it also isn't good for them. They get sick because they've got four stomachs and they're ruminant animals and they need to chew cud and all that. So now the, a lot of places are like, no more RBST because it goes into the milk. So we're basically getting these extra weird hormones in our milk. But it's got to work the same way with, with cannabinoids, right? I would assume so. Yes. I mean, so I'm thinking like I'm going to call up UC Davis and try to see. I, I mean, but I've turned it into a joke where I'm like, ha ha ha, I, I wrote this joke and I, I make it very funny and people laugh. But the thing is like, why is that? That could actually be a real thing. <laughs> TH cheese. TH Oh, that's funny. Uh, this, good. your next comedian here is Bob Lieberman. He's doing it at the punchline. I am so glad to be here. Anyone else? Yeah. Right, let's get 
give it up for the band. <laughs> so, I, I thought this was interesting. I read in the paper last month that an international investment firm purchased the Safeway supermarket chain for $9.4 billion. But they only had to pay $6.8 billion by using their Safeway club card. <laughs> I, I shop at Safeway a lot, I'm sure a lot of you guys do, and I don't like this rule that they make their cashiers follow, that they have to uh, thank you by name, because your name shows up on the receipt, right? Now, my last name, it's pronounced Lieberman, but I inevitably get, oh, thank you for shopping here, Mr. Lieberman. Now, you know, I try not to make a big deal, and I'll say, hey, look, it was my pleasure to shop here at Safeway. <laughs> So, uh, my name is Bob. It's a very ordinary name, and it makes me really envious of kids who are born today, because kids who are born today get really cool names for first names. In fact, I realize a lot of kids born nowadays get last names for first names, right? A lot of boys born nowadays are named like Hunter, there's a lot of girls named Mackenzie. My neighbor just had a kid named her Lipschitz. <laughs> I really want to salute you folks for coming out here tonight, you know, seeing live comedy, because you could have stayed at home and watched reality TV. I, now, I watch reality TV. One thing I've noticed they all have in common, those shows, they spend like half the show recapping what you've already seen before the commercial, right, or last week. When they're not doing that, they're doing teasers to get you to stick around past the commercial or next week. Last week on Survivor, we showed you clips of what you're going to see tonight. And tonight on Survivor, you won't believe the amazing teasers of the shocking recaps of the teasers you never expected. <laughs> You've seen these uh, commercials for prescription drugs, right? They're always really long, right? Because by law, they have to have an announcer telling you all the dangerous side effects of the drug. May cause heart attack. May cause seizures. May cause suicidal thoughts. Meantime on screen, people are having the time of their lives. Running down the beach or having picnics. Why is it always like that? Why don't they switch it up? Why don't they have the announcer telling you all the, the, all the wonderful benefits of the drug and on screen show you all the dangerous side effects? Show people having heart attacks. Show people having seizures. Show people hanging themselves. Look it up, folks. That's what I say. So uh, you should know that I'm a Jewish fellow, uh, and uh, I've never understood anti-Semitism. Now I'm not talking about the bigotry. I get that. I, I, I don't mean to be looking right at you when I say that. No, I'm fine with the bigotry. No, I, I don't understand the phrase anti-Semite because what is a Semite? You know, am I a Semite? To me, Semite sounds like some material you'd have installed on your kitchen counter. <laughs> you know, take out the Formica, put in Semite. That stuff will last for years. I can imagine them installing a Semite. They lay it out on the counter, leave about an inch hanging over the edge. And seven days later, a rabbi comes and trims off the excess. <laughs> Semite, the chosen countertop. It's smart and cheap. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm married, and uh, in fact, I've recently celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, it's always nice to get applause for inertia. It's amazing that I still remember my uh, bachelor party from 20 years ago. It was great. It was a week before my wedding. My friends took me to the strip club and planned to be right in the front row, and it was... Uh, 
it was really embarrassing. They're all stripping, they're dancing, they're taking their clothes off, and this one girl comes out. She had the most amazing green eyes I'd ever seen. I was just like transfixed. And she's doing her thing, and she's taking her clothes off, everyone's yelling, and I'm just like looking, these, oh my god, these eyes are amazing. In the middle of her act, she stops, turns to me, and goes, hey, buddy, my boobs are down here. <laughs> okay, you folks have been terrific. My name is Bob Lieberman. Bob Lieberman. He's like, um... That kind of bored. I know, I yeah, he's, he's, um, he's like an old school comedian, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no. the guys yeah. that are... You know, have been doing it for years and years, and have their. I, I think he should be in the maybe pile, though. Yeah, he's a maybe I, pile. He doesn't right suck. Now. He doesn't suck, and board. and that's that that set is from 2016 too. So, but he's been in it for years. He's been in comedy for a long time, but he didn't wow me like uh, any of the other people. Um, but but he's it's still possible. Been, it's still possible. Uh, our next one is Panina Bead. And she is from, wow, Connecticut, Bloomfield, Connecticut. All right, East Coast. All right. I speak fluent Hebrew, and so does my pet dog, a German shepherd that I brought home from Israel, where I served in the Israeli army. Right. Oh, wow. I was very homesick, which is why I came home. But I sometimes really miss Israel because the racism and sexism is so much more overt and in your face than it is here. <laughs> I like her already. Here's Panina Bead from Connecticut. Yes. We've hit a new record here at the CTH Comedy Theater. Woo! Jokes about hitting women. <laughs> Congratulate yourselves. Oh, God. I just got back from a long trip. I was in LA for a few weeks. It was really fun. Um, it was it was like it was like Panina got her groove back, <laughs> but like not just because I had sex. <laughs> um, you know, something I really am missing about LA is the traffic. Um, but even more, it's the people talking about the traffic, like nonstop. It's like. Your weather is, you know, it's so boring, so you have nothing to talk about, like, for small talk. So it's like, ugh, it's nice, it's sunny. Uh, so instead you just, like, you, try, you, you crash cars, like, more often, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, guys, I gotta say, I am not feeling good tonight. I'm sick. I know, I had a cold. I didn't even get it in, like, a fun way, you know? I just, like, I hugged my brother. <laughs> yeah, that's never fun. No. Um, so yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I did get to get laid while I was in LA. Uh, it was with another comic. She's using notes, and she said at the beginning, "I don't feel like." Why did you send us this video then? If you're like, I don't feel good, and I feel like shit today, and I'm really not into this, and I'm using notes, why would you send us this video? I, I laughed at the brother line. Because, um, you know, I, I feel like I have yes. to make my own mistakes in order to learn from them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, at one point he was like, oh, like, you can use, like, my, you can use me as a bit. <laughs> like, in your comedy. And I was like, ah, oh my god, you're so funny, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I have a problem uh, with like crushes. I I I get like these really dumb like schoolgirl crushes. Like I'll have one conversation. I'll be like, Mrs. Panina B. I mean, that's my real name. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Panina Smith or whatever. Um, which is like it's so unrealistic because. I would obviously keep my last name. <laughs> so dumb. All right. That's uh, actually no, I'm great. Smartest it's good. Joke it's, good. it's all good. I did also get a tattoo while I was in LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm wearing long sleeves. That's why you can't see it. But I called my mom to tell her. I called my both my parents. And, oh, and she's uh, my it's, mom. She's this could be good because she's Hebrew. Oh, ma- mom. By the way, uh, just so you know, I, I I got a tattoo. And she goes, there's like a long pause, and she just goes, Panina, I, I think it's time for you to come home. <laughs> and uh, my dad texted me afterwards, and he said, send me a picture of your disfigurement. <laughs> And so I sent him a picture, and he just texted back, oh. So I called him, and I was like, what, what do you mean by that? He just texted, oh. He's like, I don't know, it, just, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Which is like probably the best response you can, I can get from my dad. Um, sometimes I, like, I don't know how, how big of a response I'm going to get from him. Like, there's always like a kind of a pause before he reacts. So like, for example, when I was in high school, Okay. I'm bored. Yeah. She I, I she, I think she must be new. She looks like a virgin. And, uh, but I, I wanted her, the thing she forgot to mention is that if we're to workshop the joke, I knew she was Jewish because of her thing about being in the Israeli army. Right. But she didn't tell her audience that she was... Coming from a Jewish parent. Right. Exactly. So, so that way, so that way, the audience didn't even know that that joke was funny, right? Because Jews aren't supposed to get tattoos. It's exactly. like a thing that they're not supposed to do. It's a sin to desecrate your body, right? Show me your desecration. All right. She didn't, she didn't let the audience. She didn't know. let the audience in on that one. This is Dennis Mailer from Boston, Massachusetts. Right, another East Coast. Dead Air Dennis Mailer is a Boston-based comedian, actor, and podcaster who's been heard on radio stations throughout the country, including DC 101, Sirius XM, The Party Playhouse, with Jackson Blue, and more. He's performed in Austin, Texas, during South by Southwest, Charm City Comedy Festival, founded bostoncomedyshows.com, and hosts the iTunes podcast, So What Do You Really Do? He's funny, loud, abrasively social, and allergy-free since 1981. I like right. already. He was born in 81. Yeah, I like this guy already, too, because he's talking about being a podcaster, which is like, oh, what would do here? Here is reading books to kids. Up for Dead Air Dennis Mahler. <laughs> <laughs> Improv Boston. Hello, everybody. I like how you used to just immediately, he asked you, do you name the things you spoke? The two of you looked at each other like, fuck it, mom and dad figured it out anyway. They're sitting in the back, you guys. Like, I talked to them and they came in, their parents came in, and, and trust me, I know you had no worry because I, I met your father with that hat. Yeah, he smokes weed. I've seen it. <laughs> Tell you guys about myself. My name's Dedder Dennis Maller. I'm a volunteer book reader for Boston Public Schools. Every week I go to Boston Public Schools and I read stories to second graders. Thank you, I know, I'm a fucking hero, right? Okay? 
Uh, I have two different classes I read to. I lead to two different second grade classes. I have one class that is all Asian, uh, specifically Chinese. And when I tell people I have a Chinese class, they're like, come on, that's, like, it's not a catch-all. They're, they're all Chinese. They're 100% Chinese. They're second, uh, second gener first generation Chinese Americans. It's basically like an ESL class for Asian people. And then I have a whole other class that's just regular people. Anyway. <laughs> This one, all right, this thing, when I have this Asian, with the Chinese class, I'm always worried about I'm going to say something accidentally racist to the kids, right? Just by accident, not like normal. And then one day I was reading a story, and one of the kids looked at me, and she goes, huh, at least they're not one of those dog-eating gooks, right, Mr. Dennis? I went, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> who disciplined you? Was it a teacher? Is it me? Like, what just happened here? Like, I got out racist by a seven-year-old, and I look like a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I look like a background actor, actor from American History X. Like, it's not... <laughs> First day I read to the kids, uh, they came up to the, the, the reading area, and they sat down all nice and neat and very organized. And I looked at the teacher, I'm like, oh, wow, they are so well-behaved. And she goes, yeah, that's because they have assigned seating. I'm like, assigned seating on the floor for story time? Ugh, fascism. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, when they wouldn't shut up and pay attention, I'm like, these fuckers need rules. <laughs> they need discipline. I get it. One of the kids wanted to be quiet one day, so I was like, Gareth, I need you to be quiet and pay attention. He goes, my name's Kyle. That's Gareth. Now I've lost all control because I can't follow the semen chart as well as they can. <laughs> You understand, every week, it's like Lord of the Flies and I'm Piggy. <laughs> Some people did not pass seventh grade reading class, apparently. Oh, Piggy, no, we got you. Uh, like, it's, I enjoy doing it. It's fun. The kids are, uh, <sighs> I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not a parent. I don't know, like, maybe it's different when you're a parent, you can understand kids a little bit better. Like, for me, it's just insane. Like, Kyle, for example. Kyle is, uh, Kyle's a little shit. <laughs> like, I was reading a story to them one day, and uh, it was basically a story about like uh, treating people the way that you want to be treated, right? And one of the lines in the story is, "When somebody hits me, I feel sad." <laughs> Suppose that's true, but Kyle stands up and he goes, "My older brother hits me all the time, and I like it." <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, either you're a liar or you're gonna have a very confusing relationships when you get older. <laughs> Kyle. I got to read Hercules to the kids. Like I really enjoy Greek mythology, so I was really excited to read Hercules to the kids. And I was, uh, uh, I'm a 35 year old single man, no kids, uh, so I don't own a bunch of children's books because that would be what we would refer to as a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get three. There's only two other red flags in this scenario candy and a windowless van. <laughs> fat. I like candy. I don't need two out of three, you guys. So I go to the Boston Public Library and I, and I check out books. Uh, and I went to the library and I asked the child librarian if this Hercules book was appropriate for second grade. She's like, yeah, sure, of course. Now, either this woman needs to be fired because she's terrible at her job or she's a weirdo like me that hangs around the children's section of the library. <laughs> Because she was like, yeah, it's fine. This book was not appropriate for second graders. First page of the book. Well, first off, the book's written in first person, which is very confusing for kids. Like, they think that I stole Hercules' diary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Second of all, the first page of the book, anybody here know the story of Hercules? Yeah. 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 Like, not the Disney version, the real version? Yeah. The first page is essentially, so my dad Zeus raped my mom and his wife Hera sent two serpents to kill me in my crib, but I killed them instead! <laughs> I added the emphasis. They didn't just like, yeah! I like this guy. What do you think about him? I wish he was talking about something else other than other than kids. kids. But you can identify with this more than I can. The fact of the matter is, like, it's teacher comedy. Sure, it's teacher. Yeah, that particular story is. But he's got a he's got a great voice. He has good stage presence. He doesn't have notes. I I was still interested about Kyle though. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, it's cute. I I got a visual of what this little asshole looked like. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this, oh, another Portland. Right. Let's see this guy's name. This is Tony Morse out of Portland. Oh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. It took a while to get sober, but it's turned out to be a good thing. My wife is a psychiatrist, but I think I deal with crazier people as a real estate agent. <laughs> My wife and kids are biracial, and I really hate all this alt-right bullshit happening everywhere. When I practiced law... Someone's lung was delivered to a senior lawyer that I was meeting with. Years later, as a realtor, I discovered two placentas in someone's freezer. No further work-related body part discoveries to speak of. I like puns. Here's Tony. Okay. So some of you here probably know I I don't drink anymore because I'm a recovering alcoholic. And um, the other day, somebody approached me and they asked me this question. Uh, They wanted to know if I ever miss alcohol. And in case any of you have ever known anyone who's in recovery and have wondered this, I thought I would just go ahead and remove all mystery for all of you. Yes, we miss it! Now that, now that we have that out of the way, um, we, Booze and I had a bad breakup. Um, I, and I'm sad we're not together anymore. And, you know, I, I, I miss drinking the way Russell Brand misses having sex with Katy Perry. Uh, I, I miss drinking when I go out to dinner with my wife and she gets to look at the wine list and then I get to see what flavors of LaCroix they have. <laughs> LaCroix, La or as I call it, LaCroix, because then it sounds like LaFroig, which is a single malt scotch, which is from the Islay whiskey producing region of Scotland, one of six, the other being Highland, Lowland, Campbelltown, Island, and Speyside. Scotches from the Islay region, Lefroig included, are known for being strongly flavored with smoke and peat. Peat. Years ago, when I was learning how to bartend, I asked my manager, why would anyone ever want to drink that? And he says, well, Lefroig is for people who prefer a medicinal scotch. And I said, but I thought all scotches were medicinal. I thought that's why the same people showed up every day at five o'clock and gave us half their paychecks. He goes, no, not what it does, the flavor. So Lefroig is for drinkers who don't just want the effects of an anesthetic, they want their scotch to taste like one too. 
So, Lafroig is just like LaCroix, only I can drink as much as I want, and my wife and mother don't start to cry. <laughs> So, um, I have got to a point in recovery where I feel like I've built up some resilience. Um, I have stayed sober through personal challenges, professional obstacles, and now hundreds of presidential tweets. Good, <laughs> maybe make it political, very nice. Every time those tiny little hands Send out 140 characters of gibberish. I can stay on LaCroix and off of LaCroix. Uh, like, like when he says climate change is not real. Felt pretty real today. Did, did anyone else notice this haze in the sky today? on fucking fire. I, I mean, come on. Florida is going to be completely underwater by 2075. He's great. We're fine. He's funny. We got it. We see him. He's funny. I think that's been my favorite so far. He's, he's, he's really comfortable and he's really funny. This will be our last one of the day. This is... And he knows his scotch. And he knows his scotch. And he was, he, he, his timing was really great. He was telling a story, but I was still intrigued. Uh, he had great punchlines. He, he was really good. Daniel Dagris from Portland, Oregon. More Portland people. Damn. Uh, he has written a couple of feature-length screenplays, and he's currently writing a zombie novel set in Portland. I already like him. I like writers. Um, here we go. This is Daniel Dagris. Do, 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 do. Oh, I gotta turn the volume up. Volume up. If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? All my friends? <laughs> Is this something I did? <laughs> That's a lot of people that do not know each other. Yeah. And they're all dead now. Oh. M maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. My people, all right. Voldemort seems lonely though. Like I wonder what his dating profile would look like. Ladies, first off, don't ever say my name. And if anyone does, you let me know. Second, pure bloods only. But I do want you to call me a dirty mud blood right before I have I could do you. P.S. <laughs> must get along with my kitten, Princess Puddin'Poss. <laughs> I think you'll find love. I mean, if he keeps it short like that, I can see him getting away from him, someone like Voldemort. When I say I have a trouser snake, I mean it. <laughs> Nagini is as much a part of me as that boy is. There's a little bit of me inside of each of them. No. I mean, what? come on. It would be age-appropriate. My body's also under 18. Because they made him a new one. 
<laughs> what I'm getting at is that whenever I see that boy, our wands want to touch. <laughs> so poor I'm sure that we'll, we'll listen to him later. He's very funny. If you like Harry Potter jokes, you don't like Harry Potter jokes? I don't. I, no, I don't. There, that makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely, it makes sense. You're like, Harry Potter jokes, screw this guy. Uh, I think but, that's why I was lost. No, because he was talking about Voldemort and, and being super gay, which was very funny. Well, great, we got through a bunch of them today, and Yay. I'm excited, and it's good to know that uh, everyone in Portland is still very, very funny. Actually, I, I would say, like, those are, like, some of the best ones you've gotten, like, with years prior. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the beginning. Sure. Started with the beginning. Oh, well, I, I actually went from the from the people who just applied today. These are my most recent applications. It goes all the way down to the bottom. There's a lot this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Wow. But you too can still, uh, if we have plenty of time, it's open now through November 30th. It's only $10 to apply. Uh, you guys can apply. Come out here to beautiful San Francisco. 25 shows in five days, March 1st through 5th. The third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, thanks so much today, LaToya, for going through racism and the NFL. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and um, trying to, we, we really tried to figure out what is the benefit? I want to thank you for showing me who your father was. I know, I had no <laughs> idea. Like, I mean, I always knew he was a racist, but like this racist? Come on, Pops, you can't, Come on, you can't live that way. Come on. I know, but it's Arizona. They all just... I, you know, it was... It's like the hottest place. It's a different time. And and I think that what's going to happen is that when the baby boomers and the racists kind of die out, these new, this new generation of kids, these young, young kids, kids that right now are like actual kids, oof, it's some interesting stuff going on there. They have all the technology at their fingertips. We live in the richest country in the world. I hope that with the passing of the guard and these younger kids that, that they're going to say we don't believe in racism anymore and we're going to start some there'll be a big reparations project or something I hope so I know I do too <laughs> I hope so uh, hey everybody this has been the Altcast here on Mutiny Radio stay tuned up next some call me Tim bye everybody bye, bye. Oh, three and four. Three. Oh, shit, that's there good. we go. There we go. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank you.
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco do you need an awesome and underground space for an event Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. 
Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space, featuring High Time Storytime, every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime, Volume 1, now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch... 